Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio in podcast download. Now, this is this is this next subject is a subject I'm very passionate about. And I know Dr. Z shares my passion for this because you are a very pragmatic person. But it's learning from best practice, you know, proven systems as opposed to learning from guesswork. I don't know. I think we should reinvent the wheel at every turn. And I'm going to get Pastor Jesse's take on this, but I'm just going to kind of warm up the conversation. So here we go. You studied mathematics and optometry in school at NSU in Oklahoma. Is this correct? That is correct. And then you went from optometry, which which makes sense to go you the next business after you run a successful optometry clinic. You have two of them. The, you know, the, the uh, arguably the largest or most successful in the region. It makes sense to immediately then go into the auto auction industry because your vast knowledge of cars and optometry that you could see they, they parallel because you are an automotive mechanic expert, are you not? And that is incorrect. So knowing, knowing nothing about cars, you moved into the automotive auction industry. How did you do this? Um, very good question. I I won't bore you with all the details, but basically I made a decision in my life. I'm an entrepreneur uh, trapped inside an optometrist body, as, as we've said before online. And, and instead of going around the country, traveling and opening up other optical stores, mm. which I could have done. Could have done. I said to myself, I would want to grow uh, my, my empire, if you will. Empire. My empire. <laughs> and so I wanted to do other businesses within Tulsa. And they could also leverage the relationships I had. Um, fortunately, the optometry clinic was my name, and so you know, after spending so much money in advertising, people, you know, got to know me, and right. they felt like they know me, but they didn't. You were know a me. homie that people felt like they knew. So it kind of opened some doors, and so I did the sleep center. I, you know, did the DME companies, the durable medical equipment, did the op- the um, uh, auto auctions, and so it uh, allowed me then to use those relationships and that that uh, goodwill, if you had, that I already had in Tulsa to, to grow the other businesses. But the way you did it, which is powerful, and this is where I want Pastor Jesse to take over, because you reinvented the wheel at every single... You never looked at any... You never spied on what worked. You never studied That's, best practices. <laughs> you put your head in the sand, uh-huh, and you uh-huh, said, I'm uh-huh. the man, and you invented everything from scratch. Yeah. I, right? I, yeah. I, in fact, I reinvented the, how to make concrete, because I thought, I don't... Those guys out there, those concrete contractors... No, but you study what worked. You study the goats. Yeah, I tell you, that's what you do. You study the goats. You find the parade, you get in front of it. You, you it, It's not rocket science, folks. It's not rocket science. You and see so, a mountain goat at the top of the mountain. How did the greatest of all time get to the top of the mountain? So now we introduce Pastor Jesse, and you are a pastor of a church with over a thousand people, and you guys are you're growing by leaps and bounds, and there's got to be somebody listening who they feel like their church is stuck. What are some of the best practices that you now are implementing as a pastor of a, of a large church that you wish you would have known back in the day? Oh, my goodness. We did every single thing wrong at the beginning. So I think every single day, I'm just glad that we actually know what we're doing that day. Uh, but I, I think one of the things lately that I have um, that I wish that I would have known up front is just the branding part of it and how um, you, whether it's a font or a logo or the way that you're designing the building or whatever, I think a lot of churches, they just know where they went to church and they just see what they've done. From the get-go, we, we have always loved, every church we would pass on a road trip, Yep. my husband would say, 
I wonder what they're doing inside of that church. And I would be like, what do you mean? He's like, I really need to know what they're doing inside of that church. It didn't matter if it was Tuesday at two in the afternoon. He would make us stop. We would harass the secretary. She, We would make her let us into all of their rooms and bathrooms and we would tour. And um, so we, we had all of these ideas, but as we brought them back, we just kind of like threw them in a lot of times. And so it's kind of a meshing of branding because we like things from different places, right. but it didn't have any um, consistency. And so I think the thing that I wish that I would have known is like pick something and ride that horse all the way to the finish line and, and make it look like you and your spot. I also, having worked with a lot of churches, I see that very few churches or small businesses have checklists for things. And it seems like that every sermon, every service, every day at the office, people are looking for basic things. They're going, where are the batteries? <laughs> Did we turn on the Facebook? This Facebook on? Did we turn on the camera? Where's the camera? And it seems like there's this last minute panic when you don't have checklists to try to re- make sure that everybody who did their best uh, didn't forget anything. Absolutely. That, uh, how important are checklists to running your church as you've grown River City Church? Well, it's impossible to function without them because we have volunteers. And so a lot of people just want to be like, it's a volunteer culture, so we're just going to let the volunteers do whatever they want. So that means they can just come in and run any ministry any way that they want. And we're just kind of going to let it flow because they're good people and they love Jesus. And, and it, they're I like they're to speak in Greek when leading the children. I like to speak in <laughs> Greek. I, I don't prefer. English is not very good. Absolutely. Children understand Greek, Greek wonderfully. So, <laughs> But if you let them, they'll just come in and bring their own thing every single time. So having that checklist, like just the other day, um, some of our uh, greeters were new and they were saying, I just don't understand why I have to wear the lanyard. It's on the checklist of what greeters do, but I'm just not sure why I need to wear the lanyard and why it's on the checklist. And they were trying to bring their culture that they'd brought in with them to our place. And our leader was just like, listen, thank you so much for volunteering your time. But the reason you have that lanyard is because it's on the checklist. The reason it's on the checklist is because 80% of people want to know who can answer their question. And your lanyard says, if you have, it says, have questions ask me so you need your lanyard and it's on the checklist so it just helps everybody understand where you're going it helps everything flow and with volunteers just coming in and out not there 40 hours a week it helps them feel like they are a part the minute they walk in you know z when my wife uh started working with you when she was just uh 18 19 years old Mm -hmm. she's working there it was crazy but she was able to learn how to do her job Kylie taught her how to do her. Kylie still manages uh, one of your optometry clinics, but Kylie taught my wife how to do her job within like a week. It was crazy. She didn't have to be there and learn through osmosis over a period of like a decade where you see a lot of optometry clinics where dysfunction is the normal and you hear these people, I mean, I've literally met with doctors and dentists that will say, well, you know, to be a good front desk dude, you've got to work with me for five years. You can't just teach yeah. her. But my wife learned in like a week. Yeah. Well, she's really smart, which, always, which always baffled us. There was always part of that that was very baffling because she had this dude that come pick her up in this obnoxiously loud car. I have no, uh, I cannot, I cannot I, defend myself. And, and, and he would come in, he'd be like, just kind of be skulking. And it looked like he wanted to pick a fight with this anybody the, that'd get in his way. Now, those of you who don't know Kylie, she's a blonde-haired lady. She's a, a, a sharp, sharp, sharp-dressed lady. But she has that look sometimes that she gets the look of the cobra where you realize that you're messing with Z's stuff. Yeah. And I remember I'd have the subwoofer on in the middle of oh, the MPV. You'd shake the windows. And she would come out and knock on the window like... And she would look at me with the look of death, and I'm going, 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My soul would apologize verbally. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But I think it's I think it's amazing how you've built systems that teach people coming to your companies and your systems from all different walks of life, and regardless of the lack of mental capacity, like I demonstrated back in the day, the systems work when you have great systems that you can scale. Yeah, they do, and it's a way to train people quickly and efficiently. And just like Pastor was saying, that you know, especially when you have volunteers, a volunteer mindset, and when they come in, you know, it's a way you can train them. You know, you're having consistency in what each one of them is doing in all the different categories. Um, now, you may have the guy still come in and want to you know, teach the kids in, in Greek. Is that, is that your move? Well, I just feel, I feel like there's I've, I've so seriously awkward. worked with so many churches where I've seen people that literally will come up with their own curriculums. And I haven't seen the Greek example, but I've seen people bring in just the most bizarre training modalities and systems that the kids don't understand, but they're passionate about these systems. We come back, we're going to talk about how to make your church fun. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 This is Clay Clark on the mic again. Myopic focus, tunnel vision. I'm focused on the mission. To teach you the skills and give you the plans. Broadcasting from my lands. To the left, to the Portlands. I'm here to tell you, you can do it. Yes, you can. And now, my friend, you got two fans. Hit me the Z, comma, ands. I'll be the C, yes, ands. Now let's kick it like Batman, bam! And get a little nuts like pecans. Z, I have to ask you. First of all, pecans your favorite nuts. Uh, no, I don't really enjoy uh, nuts at all. You don't? No, I don't at all. I don't. I don't think I like them at all. Are you? Are you? I think as you brought this up, this was a a sore subject for me. I think I really don't like them at all. Uh, do you have an allergy response to them or something? Or I just don't like them. Were you? I like really, meat though. Any, any any kind of nuts at all? No, I mean I'll eat them. I'm a guy with no class, really, no standards. So I'm a kind of guy that could not. If I was single, like before I was married, I would literally eat the same meal every single day. There was no variety. I would eat the same meal. And what was that? Uh, well, you had the cottage cheese because a lot of protein. I worked it all the time. And you get a little bit of that and just a little bit of pineapple. So it's very, just a lot, a lot of protein. And then after I would do that, I'd just have chicken breasts and I'd cook them all in advance and I would just eat nothing but that every single day. Then my wife says we get married. She says. Do you want a bagel with that? And I'm like, a bagel with what? She goes, just a bagel with like your egg. And I'm going, I don't know. And so all of a sudden, like, but I'm the kind of guy, literally, if I was single, I would eat the same meal every single day because I just don't care. And so, but I will tell you, if, if given choice, I would definitely not eat pecans. I would not eat any kind of cashews. I would just avoid the, I would just eat uh, grilled chicken probably every day. Every wow, day. I did. I did not. I did not realize that. Variety number one, and food stress. Number two, you would have to eat with me. You know it's stressful. I look at menus. I freak out every I know. time. You just say whatever he ordered. I mean, that's that's your move. Whatever, right. whatever, whatever, whatever I ordered. It just seriously whatever he causes ordered. me a panic attack. Yeah, I can tell. I, I can tell that. But I mean, a, a man who doesn't like a cashew every now and then. I, I have pause for the cheesecake factory is like the number pause. one. I drive by that right now on the way to your optometry clinic and mm-hmm. anxiety. I can just feel it pulsing. I just the, the big menu. Oh my gosh, it's too big. Oh, it's overwhelming too for big. anybody. Oh, too big. It's crazy. Now let me tell you what. Let me tell you what we we are talking today about how to create an experience that's going to differentiate you that's going to make your organization different specifically under the context of a church because we have pastor brian on the show he's a, a great great guy great client he's based out there in owensboro kentucky we're so honored to have him here he's traveled here as he specifically to be on the show and i'm just honored to have him here and this is going to be a lot of fun here so i'm going to ask you this if i'm trying to create a church that brings in people 
while trying to find what makes me different. How do you do that? Because I don't want to like turn anybody away. I don't want to say I'm a church primarily for uh, you know middle-aged people, and then someone who walks in who's uh, you know a little bit older. You say, well, we're not for you. No, you want to be inclusive for everybody. How do you how do you do that? Well, you have to. You do have to find a way in a church. We're not. Um, uh, demographic matters on this. Let me just say that what you're building and what size population matters. Okay. Um, so, so it really is different if you're talking to a church in a country town, let's say a town of 5,000 or a town of 2 million. All right. They have different games they have to play, so to speak, but you, you want to create something that makes you stand out and still you have to tip your hat to let everybody know that they're welcome. If that makes sense. But, but here's the main thing about churches or anything. I think you have to, this kind of dates me, but you have to, you have to Jerry Maguire it, right? Ooh. You have to have, them from hello and so the stats show that people know if they're going to come back or not like my wife jesse the first time she saw me she was madly in love with me i had her from hello and that wow. right. uh not at all because i was a drug addict in her father's drug rehab she wouldn't talk to me and her father was a yes. pastor so that sort of makes her sense. father was a pastor but but so here's the deal people pull on our properties they say statistically we know they know if they're coming back not within 30 minutes within minutes it's almost like that blink factor. You know what I mean? Is it seven minutes? My wife is telling me it's seven minutes. They walk up. It's almost like you know if you know that feeling if you think somebody is uh, not sincere or you think they may be conning you. Almost like it's an instant. Gut I call kind of it thing. swampy. So there's somebody swampy. Yeah, it's, it's like more than campy. It's swampy. Swampy. So I think people get the same vibe when they show up on the church. And and so you have to create a culture that wows them. You have to create an atmosphere of excellence. And I, I believe that joy is a massive part of that. It's got to be fun. And I think if it's like that, people want to come back. So you got to create that through your identity. So let me just give the listeners some very actionable uh, thoughts here. Uh, Seth Godin, the the best-selling author of the Purple Cow book and the guy who started Yo-Yo Dine, which he sold to Yahoo for $30 million, says he says the boring is always the most risky strategy. Smart business people realize this and they work to minimize but not to eliminate the risk from the process. You're either remarkable or invisible make a choice if you're remarkable it's like that you have to it's likely that some people won't like you he says if you're remarkable it's likely that some people won't like you that's part of the definition of being remarkable nobody gets unanimous praise ever the best the timid can hope for is to be unnoticed criticism comes to those who stand out see he has a lot of things he's saying here he says marketing is a contest for people's attention help us make this actionable what do we need to do to, to activate this well I mean just to kind of dovetail on him a little bit and that's something I think people have a problem with is that as they become remarkable they get some rejection and then once they get rejection then they can say I gotta dummy this thing down I'm just I mean I gotta dummy this thing down because gotta, I don't want I don't want anybody to reject me listen I don't want folks, a single person to reject just me. Fa fast track it there's no product there's no service there's no business out there for everybody and that's going to take care of everybody there's no church out there that is for everybody there's not they're different flavors i mean you know baskin robbins has what 31 flavors i i don't know how 32. many they have but i tell you this i it's an addictive cycle if i go through that drive how stressed would you I be if you had to go in there and pick out a flavor oh my gosh i'll just go let's start from the left and work i mean over. just there's I just, work, just, just work or just work our way i don't know what it is about choosing things like that but it really does i honestly it's like 
I don't know what's happening, but I go there. We, we were traveling to uh, Owensboro. Our flights got delayed, so we somehow got marooned in Dallas, and then we were flying to Louisville. And Vanessa's explained to me the flow chart of how it works. She's like, well, we could take this flight, and if we do that, then this happens here, and this happens here. And it's all of a sudden, it's like mental Tetris, like word problems as a kid. And I yeah, said, I, I, I just zone out. I, I don't know. Fetal I, position, I, thumb yes. in your mouth and all that. I get it. I get it. Yes. Well, you, you And that's one of the things that a good business coach does for a business is if you come in there and you say listen i don't know how to be remarkable I, I don't know the moves i don't know how to create my purple cow i don't know how to create the buzz i don't i don't know how to do that well there's people out there that do we can help you with that we can help you with that and i'm going to give you some examples to get the wheels a turn in here and then we we'll get charles Koloff's take wheels. on this with Koloff fitness uh the dental depot uh there's a dentist he says you know you know what i got to do to differentiate my uh, dentistry I got to come up with a purple cow. I've been listening to the Thrive Time show. I get it. So I'm going to put a train in front of it. Choo, choo. And his, his partner says, why a train? He says, why not? Because we're the dental depot. I've got a spare train. Let's put that up there. Yeah. Harley, their, their motorcycle sales were decreasing. They went into bankruptcy twice. They bring back in one of the original uh, family members from the Harley family. And he says, people like them loud. So let's Ooh, make them loud. Well, there you go. So, you know, Whole Foods, you got to hire an earthy millennial named Skyler. Uh, he's going to be uh, uh, dating someone who wears yoga pants. All the food's organic. They're going to be writing with chalk on the signs. He's going to have a, a, a spiritual connection to the word kale. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what Whole Foods is. That's so, what Whole Foods so is. So, Charles, what makes Koloff Fitness different? I mean, is it your is it your sexiness? What what makes it different? Well, the, for Koloff Fitness, yeah, one thing is is mo- our value proposition is very good. We got a very the benefits you get for the five dollar a month price. I don't even understand what value proposition is. What do I get in for the five dollars? Well, Break it down for yeah, me. Fit, twenty four hour fitness, twenty four hour tanning, twenty four hour massage, free trainer instruction, free nutrition instruction. You can bring a friend for free. Your friend can work out, tan, massage anytime when you they have to go with you. But all that's included for as low as five dollars a month. Five dollars a month. It is the best value in fitness oh. on the planet. Z, what makes Dr. Robert Zellner and Associates unique? What makes you different there? And Pastor Brian, I'm going to ask you as well. Pastor, uh, but, but Pastor, not non-pastor, non-pastor Dr. Zellner. Sir, what makes Dr. Z, Dr. Robert Zellner and Associates unique? Well, two things, predominantly. Um, I'm always value-driven. And so we, we always have a, a inexpensive frames um, that are high quality and warranted. And Gouge people on prices. <laughs> and also, when you walk into our stores, they, they, there's a wow factor. You know, I built, I built the two stores that when you walk in, you go, wow. Wow. This isn't, this isn't my, my dad's optometrist back in, you know, Punkville. Pastor Brian, what makes River City Church unique? And you can't just say your your physical aesthetic beauty. You can't just rely on that crutch. I don't know about that. Uh, I think I think it's we knew who we were early on. Maybe we didn't even know how to say who we were, but we started like this. Like we knew we were here to reach people that weren't already churched. Well, come on now. So the idea was we're going to build a church that reaches those who were far from Christ. And so we took that, we embodied it. We, we went down one of the first buildings we got. There was a bar in town. The owner got popped for dealing X and Coke out of the bar, which is hard on your business. Don't do that if you, if you own a business. And he got arrested. And I love the idea of taking that tavern and making it a temple. 
because I, I just I was after that kind of crowd. So early on, we had like this nightclub atmosphere in the church. You're you're worshiping Jesus. You're preaching Bible messages, but it's all designed to reach the lost. Now it was like that. I had that music going all the time. But now uh, when we go, I tell you what, if you want to catch the rest of this interview, because for sake of for sake of time, go to thrivetimeshow.com and you can hear the remainder of this interview on the podcast. Download. And without any further ado, three, two, one, one. boom. boom. 